Super Talk Mississippi media production. What if everyone was turning their head to look at you with a brand new Flowmaster exhaust system from Exhaust Pro in Macomb on Georgia Avenue? Cruise in style with Exhaust Pro of Macomb on Georgia Avenue. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. I hope you're having an amazing day. Uh, Welcome to the Coast View. Hey, I want to share something with you that happened to me yesterday. I had a conversation with a young man who had just learned his mother had cancer. Uh, he told me that his mother and he had listened to the conversation I had yesterday with Chief Leonard Papania, and that they were inspired by uh, Chief Papania's story of adversity. The chief said yesterday that in these bad moments, there are gold nuggets. If you look for them, you can turn your life in a great way. They say, he said that, that, um, that he and his mother listened to that and said that they're going to look for the gold nugget in her situation. I thought, man, that's what that's inspiration. And that's what I hope this show provides as an opportunity for people to find things like that. And, and Chief Papania's story was amazing. I wanted to do this show because there is an opportunity to make a difference. Uh, there's so much to learn from the people who are working every day to make coastal Mississippi a better place to live, work, and play. So a lot of you this morning are listening on 103.1 Super Talk Gulf Coast, and I really appreciate that. Um, thousands of people are watching and sharing the, the, the Facebook and YouTube videos of the show. You can actually also watch on Facebook and YouTube live. Um, and then after the show, uh, most, of the, uh, most of the popular podcast platforms have our show. Our goal ultimately is to, to be wherever and, and whenever you want, you want so that we can, we can inspire as many people as possible along the way, like that young man and his mother yesterday. Uh, I was very touched by his story. Help us spread the word. Uh, share the show. Look, look, uh, like our Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page and share your ideas about possible future guests that have amazing stories to tell. Just yesterday, for example, someone gave me five young entrepreneurs who are setting the world on fire and doing some innovative work. They're very tenacious. And I've already begun conversations with them, and I can't wait to share them with you on this show. So now today's show. I've got a, it's a very special conversation for me because today our guest is Roland Weeks. Roland came to the coast in 1968 and he served as president and publisher until 2001. He was my boss and my mentor. Uh, I had the honor to follow him as president and publisher when he retired. He taught me a lot of things, but what he taught me about coastal Mississippi was really important because he said that it is important for the communities that make up coastal Mississippi, uh, to learn to speak with one voice on issues of common interest. He always believed that, and he always preached that. His leadership after Hurricane Camille set the stage for how my team and I would approach the Sun-Herald mission after Hurricane Katrina. When I was publisher of the Sun-Herald, I inducted the Sun-Herald Community Leadership Award winners into the Roland Weeks Hall of Fame because I wanted the leaders of South Mississippi to always be inspired by the example that he set. Like I said, this is a really special conversation for me this morning. I'm honored to have a man on this show who I admire deeply, and you're about to find out why. Thanks for joining me, Roland. Well, thank you. I think you're going too far with (laughs) talking about how important I was to you. Uh, And quickly, I just want to tell you that uh, in many, many ways, you were very important to me uh, in all of those years that you worked at the Sun-Herald. One thing about Ricky that people should know is that he came to us uh, after driving uh, a truck, I think, a, a van. What was? What were you driving, Ricky? Uh, uh, an old, an old Dodge. I don't uh, remember. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ricky came in, started at the bottom, and very rapidly uh, climbed to the top. Yeah. Uh, under me, he was the, the general manager. He climbed to that level after a very few years of mm. proving that he had an awful lot to offer not only to me, but to the entire community. And so mm-hmm. I've always been grateful for what you have done to help the, the Sun Herald. Well, th- well, thank you. Um, this show is about you, and as usual, you're doing a wonderful job of deflecting. <laughs> but I really appreciate those kind words. I really do. Uh, you know, Roland, when I sent you a note yesterday, you were washing clothes. What were you doing? <laughs> what were you doing? 
Well, for seven years I have been in retirement, of course. I have been working with the homeless uh, at the Salvation Army. And uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, it was a very, very important learning experience for me. Uh, I had been sort of ignoring the homeless, uh, not resenting them as some people do, uh, but I'd been ignoring the reality of uh, the poor people who, there are many of them, as, as we all know, and we ride down a road and see them uh, off on the side. And they all have a story, and many of them are stories that, that mean something, that, mm-hmm. that, that prove that they are good, solid, decent people that need help, and they appreciate help. Yeah, so it's, it, I'm not surprised to hear that you are continuing your community work and that you're working to understand these challenges in the community and what we might be able to do to help these people get out of the tough situation and move on. You know, the, the chief, uh, chief Papania and I talked about the homeless community yesterday and the success you can have when you focus on that community and begin to create steps for them to take to get out of that situation. Um, we were talking before the show a little bit. Roland, um, for, for people who don't know it, was a, was a, a, a very accomplished pilot. Uh, <laughs> he was an acro, ac, well, aerobatic pilot, I think is the, is the official name. And I've got, I've got, let's see here a minute, I've got a definition that I want to share. Hang on one second. Let me find the definition. Um, crazy. Huh? Hey, yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy is, is definitely the word, but essentially... The definition is to change radically the attitude of an airplane <laughs> or the speed of the airplane. And uh, that never really appealed to me, Roland, as you know. <laughs> I, I'll tell you a quick story, and then Roland can, and, can, can chime in. We were, um, we were uh, he, he called me at the Sun here. I was working in circulation at the time. He said, meet me at the, uh, grab some newspapers, double bag them in the plastic wraps, and we're going go to go, go to the airport. And he said, we're gonna, there were some people out fishing on your boat, uh, some advertisers and customers, and you wanted to deliver the newspaper to them. When I got to the airport, you had turned the back seats around so they were facing toward the back, and the back doors were off the airplane. I knew then that I was in trouble. <laughs> but the moment I really knew I was in trouble is just before we took off when you reached back and grabbed my uh, uh, seatbelt to make sure that it was on snug. Well, we went out. You turned the airplane sideways. You told me to throw the newspapers out. It was a very uncomfortable experience, and I said when I got back, if we make it back alive, I'm never getting in the airplane with you again. And I think I only flew with you one more time. I never flew in your biplane and, and, and none of that. Most people, you know, they, they coveted the opportunity to go with you and fly upside down and all of that. Do you miss it? Uh, no, I don't. I, I had so much opportunity that uh, and later I decided that I had too much, that I had spent too much time having fun and that uh, it was time to quit, and that uh, I would not miss it because there are other things I should do. Well, a lot of people thought that that was the way you might meet your demise. You had a lot of close calls along the way, so I, for one, was glad to hear that. That, you that occurred to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you shouldn't fly upside down anymore. Um, so, really, you were born in Tennessee, and you, you, know, you went on a track that eventually brought you to the Sun-Herald. Tell us a little bit about your early life. Well, I'll start with a story. Uh, David Duke came to the newspaper uh, one day because we uh, had written an editorial uh, complaining about the fact that he was down on Highway 90 with Confederate flags, stopping traffic and screaming at people and waving, and he had a, a large crowd. Anyway, he called and said, I want to come talk to you, and I said, fine, and so he did, and uh, he brought two bubbers with him, and uh, they uh, went on and on and on and on. And finally, in, in my efforts to answer his questions, he said, where are you from? And I said, David, I'm glad to answer that question. I said, I was born in Tennessee. I was raised in Charleston, South Carolina, where the Civil War started. I lived in Columbia and Greenville, South Carolina. I was stationed in uh, uh, Arkansas. I uh, was stationed in Texas. Um, I moved here. I had hardly been north of the Mason-Dixon line by that time. Anyway, he laughed. Uh, the two other guys did not, but that's a, quick, that's a long story to answer your question. Yeah. But uh, I did. I was born in Tennessee and, and raised in mm-hmm. South Carolina and uh, uh, worked at the, uh, uh, well, I went to college yeah. at, at both uh, the Citadel for two years, changed majors, and went to uh, 
Clemson, J.A. Clemson, yeah, Clemson. Uh, for two years, got a degree in engineering <clears throat> and worked as an engineer for a couple of years. And I'll carry that story on a little. And that is that uh, one day, working as an engineer in Greenville, South Carolina, I had a call from uh, a man who said, I want you to come to work for me. And I said, doing what? And he said, uh, at the newspaper in Columbia, South Carolina. And I said, I don't know anything about newspapers. He said, we'll teach you. And uh, I worked one year in each of the five departments. Uh, so after five years, they bought the newspaper here, sent me here, and I've been here ever since. Wow. That's, <laughs> and that was in 1968. It was. So you arrived, um, you arrived just before Camille hit South Mississippi and really changed everything. Um, and in the next segment, I, I want to begin to get into that conversation uh, because we're, we're, we're winding out down now this first segment. But, you know, Rowan, it's, it's, uh, it was a gift for us that you landed here in 1968 and had this opportunity to be a leader of the Sun Hero for all of these years. It, it, was, it was an amazing ride. When we come back, um, I want to talk about when you got here, you know, where was the newspaper located and then, then Hurricane Camille hits, and how did that change your, your entire perception of the role that a newspaper plays in the community? We'll be back with Roland Weeks, the former publisher and president of the Sun-Herald, after this break. Listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Hey, want to come work for the number one radio group on the coast? Telesouth Media has a great opportunity for an outside sales consultant. Get paid while having fun and work in the exciting, fast-paced world of radio. We have award-winning stations like 105.9 The Monkey, 97.9 CPR Rocks, G96.7, Super Talk 103.1, and 103.5 The Possum. Take the first step towards a new and rewarding career. Submit your resume to Ricky at Telesouth.com. Telesouth Media is an equal employment opportunity employer. When you need to pick up a last-minute birthday card or gift, stop into Love's Pharmacy and Gifts in Pass Christiane. Yes, Love's is a full-service pharmacy, combining local hospitality and affordability. When half of the store has unique gifts, beautiful decorations for your home, fragrances, and free gift wrapping, you only have to make one stop. Love's Pharmacy and Gifts, 12345 Vidalia Road in Pass Christiane. If you love great service with a smile, you'll love Love's Pharmacy, with a second location now open in Ocean Springs. Eric Ohms, I'm an athletic trainer and serve as the sports medicine coordinator for Encore Rehab. I'm over our sports medicine program, sending athletic trainers to 21 high schools. One of the big things that we're looking at now is concussions. The things that you should look for when it comes to concussions on whether or not you should bring your child to the hospital are changes in behavior, vomiting, any worsening of a headache or dizziness, um, also visual problems or abnormal drowsiness. Any of these things you should send send uh, your child to the hospital as soon as possible. It, it is now state law. In, in 2014, Mississippi passed a state law that says anybody, uh, any athlete that is suspected of, of suffering a concussion must be removed immediately from play, uh, cannot be returned to play until they see a physician. And so our athletic trainers have a, a standardized protocol, a step-by-step that they follow uh, when it comes to suspected concussions of the high school and junior high athletes. So you probably already know, Adventures Pub and Spirits has won awards for local favorites hangout on the coast and best bar on the coast, but you may not know that Adventures also features an excellent lunch special menu Monday through Friday. Homemade lasagna, burgundy beef, Beef tips, chicken fried steak, oh, shrimp creole, and more for only $8.95. Oh, my personal favorite, the seafood pie loaded up. Lump crab meat, shrimp and cheese, baked in a flaky pie crust. Adventures Pub and Spirits, one block north of the Hard Rock, next door to City Hall on Lemuse. Sidewalk side or neutral ground side? It doesn't matter if you can't fit everyone in the car on parade night. And don't forget to make space for throws. Visit Baldwin Subaru in Covington, and we'll show you how the Subaru Ascent is a Mardi Gras game changer. With 19 cup holders, there's spots for everyone's go cup, and room for eight means grandma won't have to compete with your beads for the last seat. Whether you're a sidewalk cider or a neutral ground cider, Baldwin Subaru has the parade vehicle for you. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. So welcome back. We're having a, a wonderful conversation with Roland Weeks, the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald and longtime community leader, still a leader in the community even today. Um, he told in the last segment about uh, a meeting uh, where David Duke had, was doing some protesting on the coast. He came to the newspaper and he answered a question from David about where he's from. The rest of the story was that meeting didn't go very well, I remember. That, you know, uh, what he wanted to say and what he wanted us to write was something this newspaper, what, you know, the Sun Era wasn't willing to do. And uh, Roland did a t- superb job of navigating that conversation. And then he, uh, he talked about Tennessee and, and, and kind of moving around the South and eventually. Uh, going to work for State Record Company, uh, which at the time was, a, was the parent company for the Sun-Herald, and uh, actually the Daily Herald at the time, and it later became the Sun-Herald. But, um, but Roland made it here in 1968, and not long after he got here, Camille hit, and that really changed the Mississippi coast. It changed him for the rest of his life. But what was those days like, Roland, when you first got here up until Camille hit? Well, those first days were very complicated, uh, one funny story is that uh, I walked in the door, and the owners, the previous owners who had sold it to my company, uh, looked at me, and they really thought that I was just there to sort of sit around and, and observe. And uh, they said, we'll put you upstairs. Well, upstairs was a, 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 a level that they had built uh, over uh, the uh, front part of the, the newspaper. And it, the ceiling there was so low that I had to duck to get in. <laughs> they carried me up there. They, the floor was two levels. And they said uh, they had a man carry me up there. And, and he said, I'll be right back with some furniture. He brought back a desk about three feet long and about two feet wide, a chair that was not connected. It, the, the seat fell off. And that was, that was it. And I was supposed mm-hmm. to sit up there and be quiet. I called back to Columbia and I told them the story and they said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, let me ask you one question. I said, do I control the money? And they said, the smartest thing I think I ever said in all of my years. And they said, yeah, you control the money. I said, I don't need any more advice. <laughs> I went downstairs and remember Joan? Oh, yeah. Because we had worked together. Oh, yeah. And uh, told Joan that I controlled the money and that we would have worked together. And I wanted to be very respectful of the previous owners. They yeah, the were Wilkes family. Nice people, the yes. Wilkes family. And I could really blow it all out if I failed to do that because the community liked them. They didn't know me. Right. Anyway, to make a long story short, that, that got me started into trying to fit in and run the company. Yeah, Joan Tarrant, God rest her soul, what an what a important person she was during she was. both of our careers. Um, you know, I often think about her. Um, what a what a really amazing woman. So um, you you settled in. You know, you you slowly but surely sort of took control of the newspaper, and um, and then Camille hits. Tell us the story of the, the role that you played the, that the newspaper played in, in the aftermath of Camille. Another of the smartest thing that I did was before uh, Camille hit. Uh, I hired Bob McHugh who, to become our editor. Bob was a wonderful man, a great what journalist. Gr- mm. And he came in, and uh, we spent the night on the second floor of the newspaper <clears throat> so that we would be there the next morning to get things going again. Well, of course, it took weeks to get things going again. But we spent the night there, and uh, uh, we thought that the building was coming down. And the next morning, we went downstairs, found that water had come into the building <clears throat> that had covered the press room, which was lower than the rest. And uh, the smartest scan, the second smartest thing <laughs> I did was to say, let's get busy and let's get back into business. And we went out the front door, cleared away uh, at, the, at the entrance so that people could get there. A couple of employees actually mm-hmm. came to work mm-hmm. and we worked uh, eight to ten hours a day just cleaning up and getting back into business. And I'll say just quickly, and that is that that, that experience of Camille, on one hand, was a, one of the toughest things that I had ever <clears throat> faced. On the other hand, it was the best thing that happened for me trying to, to run that newspaper because I was prepared not to be in charge of a newspaper as I was in charge of a, 
a problem to solve. Right. I mean, it was you found your gold nugget in the ultimate adversity of yeah. Hurricane yeah. Camille. You also made another important decision, which carried with us all the way through Katrina. You, you said, you know, you're going to go on a mission to not miss any days of, of, of publication. And without all the fancy technology we have today, you found a way to get the newspaper printed in Columbia and flown back down here. Tell us about that. Well, um, I, I called Columbia the night before as, as Camille was coming in, and I said, I don't think we'll be able to publish tomorrow. Can you help us? And they said, we will, you, you go to New Orleans, to the AP, have them send us information. We will publish your newspaper and fly it in. Well, the next morning, I had a call, and they said that we heard from our pilot, and they won't let him land. Well, I called and talked to a few people, and they were told to let that plane land. We went out, Bob and I and a couple of mm-hmm. others, picked up the newspapers that were flown in and delivered them. And they continued to deliver newspapers by plane for about five days. And then mm-hmm. and after that, we got back into printing. Wow. That, I mean, what a great story. And I, I remember the... There was a picture, you know, the black and white picture of you and Bob and others yeah. unloading that airplane when it first arrived. Um, that was a, an amazing inspiration uh, for for us for 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 Katrina. We said we're not going to miss we're not going to miss a day a day of publication, and we didn't. We did the same thing you did in Columbia. We printed in Columbus, Georgia. Wow! Uh, and uh, eventually, <laughs> until we could get the newspaper back running and ready to go, um, but it was uh, it was your inspiration. Your dogged determination to say that we're going to serve this community because the days that followed Camille and the same thing was true after Katrina is so important to inform people about what was happening yeah yeah what was your what was your learning during all of that well let me say first of all you did a terrific job of leading that effort uh, after Katrina and uh, I appreciated the fact that the newspaper was getting that job done um, what did I learn from from all of that I, I learned that uh, that adversity is something that you really meet. That's that's when it's very very important to get busy and get a job done. And that so many good things come out of that for a long 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 time. And it was what made me. I mean, it, it, the fact I was a young fellow, 31 years old, having some difficulty, maybe a lot of difficulty to be honest, uh, sort of fitting in and becoming the, the head of that operation. But the, the fact that, that I had all that, that job to get done enabled me to take over, to, to gain the respect of all of the people, I think, and, and to move on. So that, that was what it, bad what, and good. <laughs> what, the gold nugget. So what is it that you learned about the community and the need for, for leadership? We're going to talk about your roles as you progress at the Sun-Herald, but really, I'm just is it specifically as it relates to Camille, what did you learn about the opportunities that leadership had in this community back then? Well, there were a few people, in my view, who were able to see the big picture, and the big picture being that we were the Gulf Coast of Mississippi and not small fiefdoms. And uh, I, we were able to uh, get people working together for a relatively short period of time. Danny Geis was my hero. Mm-hmm. Um, he was mayor at that time of Biloxi, and he was the guy who really stepped up to the plate, unlike the people who were in charge of the other communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had been a community of gamblers and, and uh, uh, illegal, of course, of uh, strippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had strip clubs all up and down, and this was one thing that kept my eyes wide open during that, that time. I just had never seen anything like that leading yeah. up to yeah. But it erased an awful lot of that, which was good. And it brought people together for a short time. But then, unfortunately, the rest of that story is they quickly separated and went back to being small communities uh, disliking each other. And so mm-hmm. we had a real job to do over the next many, many years trying to pull those communities together again. I, yeah, I was, I was fascinated in preparing for my conversation with Rick Carter and Terry Green I went back and did a little study on a little study. I did a big study on on gaming and how far back it goes. And I was fascinated to learn that history. And it was Camille 
you know, it, it, it had its, it waned and, you know, it was, it was sort of legal and then it was illegal and then you had prohibition. All these things were happening, but then it was Camille that ultimately sort of wiped it off the face of the earth like you're talking about. And then uh, it really never came back, maybe a little bit here and there, but it really never came back until we, we saw these boats come here starting to do these cruises out, out to the international waters. Um, so the, it, it, it really hits you, as we, we have about a minute in this segment, but it really hits you that this, the, this, you know, immediately we saw the need to work together, but after Camille, it wasn't long before the communities went back to sort of being their own and competing with one another. One of the things you said to me, Roland, I'll never forget it, and I want to I talk about it as we continue the conversation, is we never had to pay attention, we never had to, uh, uh, excuse me, the, the people in Jackson never had to pay much attention to us because we were so busy fighting amongst ourselves that we drowned out each other's voices. Um, so when we come back, they laughed at us. I want to, I want to, I want to expand on that conversation and see why it's so important to respect the diversity that exists in each of the communities, while at the same time finding our common voice. You preach that, and you help me understand that. And and I, you know, I just picked that ball from you and just kept running with it. We'll be back after the break with Roland Weeks, the former publisher and president of the Sun Herald and longtime community leader. We'll be back after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Singing River Electric and Coast Electric Newsroom, your news now. Low-interest disaster loans are now available to Mississippi small businesses and private nonprofit organizations affected by last year's algae bloom. Eligible parties can qualify up to $2 million in loans. The loan rates will be 4% for small businesses and 2.75% for nonprofits with terms up to 30 years. Although Mississippi has committed up to $15 million towards funding of a passenger rail service here on the coast, the entire project could be derailed before it even gets started. Alabama so far is the lone holdout, withholding financial support for the program that's supposed to connect passengers from New Orleans to the coast and to Mobile. Former Ole Miss quarterback and two-time Super Bowl champion Eli Manning says that he's retiring from pro football. Manning is seventh in NFL history with 57,023 passing yards, 366 touchdown passes, and 4,895 completions. For Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1, I'm Kyle Curley. Everyone in my family uses electricity differently. But when it comes to our Touchstone Energy Cooperative, we all think about it the same way. The co-op is power. Power. Sure, electricity turns the lights on, but power is the information I get from my co-op about efficiency, safety, technology, and I trust the co-op. Because we are the co-op. They're our neighbors. Our friends. Our home. Brought to you by Coast Electric and Singing River Electric, your Touchstone Energy Cooperatives. Are your drains draining slow? Did you know this could be the beginning of a bigger problem with your plumbing system? At Masterflow Plumbing, we keep your pipes flowing. Serving the Gulf Coast commercial and residential markets. Masterflow Plumbing, from water to sewer lines, toilets to water heaters, or faucets to clogged drains. If it has a pipe and it quits flowing, Masterflow will keep it going. See a leak in your kitchen, bath, or yard? Call Masterflow Plumbing. We know leaks inside and out. Proudly serving the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Call 228-870-0471 or visit masterflowplumbing.net. Eric Ohms, I'm an athletic trainer and serve as the sports medicine coordinator for Encore Rehab. I'm over our sports medicine program, sending athletic trainers to 21 high schools. One of the big things that we're looking at now is concussions. The things that you should look for when it comes to concussions on whether or not you should bring your child to the hospital are changes in behavior, vomiting, any worsening of a headache or dizziness, um, also visual problems or abnormal drowsiness. Any of these things you should send send uh, your child to the hospital as soon as possible. It, it is now state law. In, in 2014, Mississippi passed a state law that says anybody, uh, any athlete that is suspected of, of suffering a concussion must be removed immediately from play, uh, cannot be returned to play until they see a physician. And so our athletic trainers have a, a standardized protocol, a step-by-step that they follow uh, when it comes to suspected concussions of the high school and junior high athletes. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. 
ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. When the power goes out, you feel helpless. Stumbling in the dark, especially during a hurricane, is dreadful. Bay Motor Winding wants you to have your comfort and independence. A Briggs & Stratton standby generator system from Bay Motor Winding will automatically power your entire home, keeping the lights, appliances, and cooling running smoothly. Select Briggs & Stratton generators come with a 10-year parts and labor warranty. Visit baymotorwinding.com before the power goes out. Hey, I'm the embarrassment emoji. The apology emoji and I noticed you're using us a lot lately. Instead, use the new C2C People Pay from the Citizens Bank and make splitting the check at dinner, paying soccer fees, the babysitter, anyone as easy as sending a text. You get more happy emojis. And we get time alone with that cute meme. Introducing C2C People Pay from the Citizens Bank. Pay your share, your family, your friends the easy way. Member FDIC. The Mississippi Power Weather Center. Your weather now. Now. Mostly cloudy this afternoon. 90% chance of showers and thunderstorms. The heavier stuff projected to be later this afternoon. High near 60 tonight. Chance of rain will dip down to 20%. Mainly before midnight. Cloudy the low 47. Partly sunny early tomorrow. Gradually clearing by the afternoon with a high near 60 again. Tomorrow night clear 41 for the low. Visit MississippiPower.com slash ways to save to learn about programs and resources that can help you save energy and money on your electric bill. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to the Coast View. And like I said, today's a very special time for me to have a conversation with my former boss and mentor, uh, Roland Weeks. Uh, we were having a conversation about the early days after Hurricane Camille and one of the things that Roland talked about was, you know, you, after a disaster, communities kind of come together, but as they find their, you know, whatever their new normal is, they sort of kind of go back to acting like the communities they were at, they were before. And one of the things that, that Roland always pointed out to me, as I said, that you know, we, we never really had to, um, we had a hard time getting attention from Jackson because we were so busy fighting amongst ourselves. Um, so what is it that you learned about, about how we could proceed as leaders, as you call it, leaders who see the big picture? What did you learn after Camille that affected you literally for the rest of your life through today in terms of your awareness of this region? Well, I, I came here from a community that worked together, arguably. It was one large community instead of uh, several communities. And uh, I was just absolutely... Uh, terrified by the fact that we were, these communities, not only not working together, but resenting each other. And uh, I hate to say it, but that was 50-some years, 51 years ago when I came here. And uh, the the situation was bad. It had an awful lot to do with the Dixie Mafia, a lot to do with all of the the foolishness that uh, permeated uh, the entire community. The only good organization is the organization of arguably criminals who uh, sort of own the coast to an extent, and certainly not to a great extent. And uh, so I decided then that the most important thing that I and we could do was to push for working together and at the same time encouraging real competent leaders, caring leaders, uh, to take positions that were extremely important mm-hmm. to us and then persuading them to work together. So anyway, I, I devoted a lot of my attention to that outside of working at the at the newspaper. Well, you did it inside the newspaper too. I was telling uh, Roland during the break. I was thinking about all the the um, developmental opportunities he created for me to go to some of the best universities in America 
um, can name, you know, take me a while to name all the things that he did. But my question of him was, where did this awareness of development come from? And he spent so much time inside the company with all of us. Um, when Stan came to the community as our new editor, uh, with, with uh, up-and-coming leaders in our company, you were constantly focused on development, not only career development, but community development. And a lot of companies began to sort of hear that message, you know, that we need to develop our, our young people. John Harrison said that uh, we've got to do our reps. You just can't suddenly decide you're going to get involved in a community. You've got to do your reps. You've got to go volunteer and work your way up in organizations to learn how the community ticked. But you sort of understood this from the beginning, that there needed to be more awareness and more people in the community who saw the big picture the way you say it. You did see that, didn't you? Yeah, I, th I think so. I learned a lot along the way, so I didn't come here with all of that knowledge. I came here with some and then developed at the same time that I was encouraging the community mm -hmm. uh, to develop. One of the most important things that we did and something that I pushed for a long, long time was to bring young people into the picture. Uh, when I got here, young people had almost no voice whatsoever. Uh, they were all looking at the, the old fellows, and they were fellows, not women, uh, who were running our communities and having fun doing it and not paying much attention to the needs of other communities or the fact that we all worked, needed to work together. I know I, I went to Jackson several times uh, to encourage things that, that we needed to do to bring us together. And it really was laughed at. I mean, the, the, the leaders in Jackson, uh, if they, when they were honest, said, you know, you, you people down there, uh, you know, a lot of you, but you, you are simply missing the opportunity to be the second largest community here. And, and, and having any import, any, any influence in what decisions are making. And that was sad. Yes. That, that was reality. And yeah. so bringing young people together, bringing them into it was vital. And some of the programs that we did through Chamber of Commerce, that was another thing we needed, badly needed, one chamber instead yeah. of seven little chambers that got absolutely nothing done that chambers are supposed to do. Anyway, I'm talking too no, much. No, no, that's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, this is all part of the metamorphosis, the, the chamber coming together, the development of a chamber leadership program. Then after the Gulf Coast Business Council was formed, the formation of a master's program that you were involved in the very beginning of. Um, but we can't, you know, it's, we can't understate the importance of leaders who can see the big picture, but who understand how it all fits together. Because what makes this such a special place is the fact that we have all these wonderful, incredibly diverse, in every way possible communities that make up coastal Mississippi. That's, our, that's, that's the gem that makes this such a special place. But at the same time, we're able to find our common voice so that we can be a powerful region for the state. And you talked about, you know, they, they laughed at us. They literally laughed at us. They're not laughing anymore, do you think? I don't think so. Um, I think they respect us now, finally. There's a, there's a common thread in a lot of these conversations, and I've said it before, but when you look at now, you watch the metamorphosis of coastal Mississippi, the leadership of coastal Mississippi, the political awareness of the need to speak with one voice. Amen. You know, what's happened with, um, with uh, um, Ingalls, and Chevron, and then the Stennis Space Center developing, and science, and math, and you know tourism, and the you know what you know whether whether you're agreed with the casinos or not, what they have done to diversify the revenue streams that exist in coastal Mississippi from a tourism point of view. When you add all that together, and then what we did after Katrina as a community to come back and not not be subordinate in the state, but to be extraordinarily important to the state and to make that point clear, it's really an amazing story, Roland. The, the metamorphosis over the last 50 years. Uh, you have to look back with a lot of pride. Well, again, I think one of the most important developments was uh, bringing young people into the picture who really cared and who all of a sudden saw that they were going to have some influence on what was happening and what was going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. That that was was vital to... The so during, I say, Camille happened, 70s happened, then you get into the 80s, you create this, the Sun. You have the Daily Herald and the Sun. So initially, the Daily Herald was the afternoon newspaper. The Sun was the morning newspaper. And they, they did fine for a while. But then you had the idea to bring them together into one newspaper, a one morning newspaper, where some, I think some newspapers in the country were going to afternoon. You saw 
<laughs> what was happening, what, you know, behaviorally what was happening. I had phone calls of people saying, I'm not going to read the paper until the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and you said, that's fine. Set it yeah. aside. It'll be there when you get ready to read right. it. <laughs> so uh, we, we brought that together. And one of the first major projects I had, Roland, was, was managing we, we found a way to use the circulation database that you wanted us to put. You wanted us to have everybody in a circulation database. So we installed that system, and we went to the, you know, brought the two newspapers together all simultaneously in the same day. Somebody told me one day, if Joan Tarrant ever lights a cigarette, worry. And that day, just before we flipped the switch, Gary Raskin and I were standing there, and Joan reaches in her door, top drawer and pulls out a cigarette and lights it. She was scared to death that we were trying to do too much, and thank God it all worked out. But, but you know, bringing bringing those two newspapers together and serving the entire Mississippi Gulf Coast from Jackson County, Harrison County, Hancock County, and even further north was an important statement, actually, to to what you wanted to do to bring every everyone together, wasn't it? Uh, absolutely. When you look back on that, uh, were you you know any regrets about doing that? Uh, no, absolutely none. Um, the uh, I, I remember one time when we were trying to pull things together, and I was a speaker at Mary Mahoney's, and one of the uh, influential guys stood up and said, I'll bet you want to have just one community, just one city down here. And I said, well, that would have been nice. <laughs> but no, I'm not pushing for that. But I sure wish you would get busy and others and bring these communities together. But Anyway, that, that really resonated an awful lot. Yeah, Tish William and I just briefly discussed this, but after Katrina, there was an effort um, by Mississippi State to have Waveland and Bay St. Louis engage in a conversation about those two cities coming together. And, um, you know, the learning ultimately was that buildings don't make a community, the people do. And I think that process lasted only about six months, and then they just disbanded because – there was no way that was going to happen. That people are they, they identify mm, through their, through their community, and so really the goal should have been and and still needs to be how do you respect those separate communities while at the same time having sort of a global view toward how Hancock County can proceed. And Tish, you know, Tish has been such a an amazing leader in that effort, and there have been many others as well. But you're right. I mean, there was no way to bring these communities together as one. That, that was gone. That was gone. And you know, it was ironic that the, that the Sun-Herald was located on DeBee's Road. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? Uh, that is ironic. We, we bought that when we bought the newspaper, the property. So we can't take credit for that. Yeah. Um, you and Fred Wagner designed that amazing building, That's right. uh, which unfortunately is for sale today. But it's still... Is as rock solid as it was when you built it after well, Katrina, after later. Camille. Camille, amazing. I'll tell you a quick story. The, the architects, I went to Columbia and I said, we've got to rebuild. And they, I had tears in my eyes and they said, okay, uh, let's go to it. I got on the telephone, called an architect who I knew, called some other people, a contractor that, that we knew that could get to it. And we started that day. And 11 months later, we moved into that's that a, It's an incredible, it's an incredible story. And we had employees stay there for Katrina, and I was scared to death about that. <laughs> but we, we, you know, I acquiesced and, and said, okay. And for a while, I didn't know if they made it or not. After this break, we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Roland Weeks, the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald and longtime community leader. Back after this break. Into eSports? So is Big Play. Check out Big Play's brand new eSports virtual reality attraction with cash prizes paid weekly and monthly. Guaranteed to pay $100,000 this year. Plus two massive arcades, bowling go-karts, two mini golf courses, two-story state-of-the-art laser tag arena bumper cars, and right now, get a $50 game card for $25. Visit Supertalk MS Gulf Coast on Facebook and print on demand. Big Play Entertainment Center. Bowl, play, eat. Just like money in your pocket, that's Super Bowl.
This is a Jackson Hewitt tax service announcement. Don't want to wait weeks for your tax refund? That's a reason to go to Jackson Hewitt Tax Service. File your taxes with Jackson Hewitt and ask a tax pro how you could get up to $3,200 fast with a no-fee refund advance. It's a 0% APR loan from Medibank that's available before your tax refund is, so you could get money when you need it. Go to jacksonhewitt.com to learn about availability, terms, and how you could get money on a prepaid card fast, like today fast. Go to Jackson Hewitt today. That's Jackson Hewitt. cold can ruin your day. Sneezing, coughing, stuffiness, it's the worst, especially when you know you have a life to live. But when you have a cold, life doesn't stop, so neither should you. DayQuil Severe provides maximum strength relief for your worst cold and flu symptoms, so you can get through your day like a champ. I mean, seriously, who's got time to be sick? Don't let a cold ruin your day. DayQuil Severe is fast and powerful relief, and that's what you want. DayQuil, the nighttime coughing, aching, stuffy head, power through your day medicine. or saving your time as promised by a lot of people these days. But going to one place for one thing, then another for something else, is your time wasted. That's why Polk's Drugs is real convenience. At Polk's Drugs, you can fill up the boat or small motors with non-ethanol-grade gas. Then grab the coldest beer around with the huge, huge selection of beer, and a lot of it local beers. Polk's Drugs is convenience. Pops Ferry Road in Biloxi and Washington Avenue in Ocean Springs. Save time at Polk's Drugs. Sometimes the issues of life require the assistance of a professional. Whether it involves an asbestos-related disease such as mesothelioma, personal injury from an accident, a real estate issue, or even an impending arrest charge, you need the help of an attorney. Cumbest, Cumbest, Hunter, and McCormick have more than 100 years combined experience representing the interests of Jackson County and Gulf Coast clients. Cumbest, Cumbest, Hunter, and McCormick. Proud to support the Ole Miss Rebels. 762-5422. CCHMLawyers.com. In the house, none other than the executive director of MDA, Glenn McCullough. No less than CNBC last week said Mississippi is taking the lead along with North Carolina, I think in Montana and Rhode Island. They mentioned Ingle Shipbuilding and the integration of young students into the workplace was with the Toyota Wellspring Fund uh, with the principal from New Albany High School. He said our 10th graders right now work on equipment that's in the Toyota Corolla assembly plant in Blue Springs, and they are so energized and excited, they cannot wait to go to work and assemble automobiles. All of our work on drones, all of our work on uh, building helicopters, our radar systems in forests, automobile entry, there's a lot of good things going on that you only hear here because most of the media out there would not tell you. We tune into the Paul Gallo Show, Super Talk Mississippi. I'll use that as a promo. Thank (laughs) you, sir. From the Gallo Archives. It's a great time to be on the coast, and we love talking about it. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back. We're having a fascinating conversation with Roland Weeks, uh, the former publisher and president of the Sun-Herald and longtime community leader. As I mentioned at the beginning, I talked to him yesterday, and he was you know, washing you know, laundry for, for homeless at the Salvation Army where he's volunteered for seven years now. Just just a very inspirational leader. So, Roland, in this segment, I want to I wanna, uh, talk a little bit about some of the people you came in contact along the way. And, uh, and then I want to end with a little discussion about the changing media landscape. But, uh, but you know, let's, let's see. You mentioned Jerry Geis, um, Jerry O'Keefe. You were very close to Jerry. T- tell me about your relationship with Jerry. Jerry was one of my best friends. Um, I, I really loved the man. He he uh, cared about everyone. Uh, in the very early days when we were front, he cared a great deal about the African-American community. Uh, he was one who uh, did when others did not, and he provided some leadership, but he was, I think people uh, looked at him a little askance during mm-hmm. that period of time, but he didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a man who had great vision, uh, sometimes almost too much vision. He would he would go and build things that uh, that he felt we needed, and, and sort of going a little bit too far. But he would then step up to the plate with his money and make things work. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy who, at mm-hmm. first, I wondered, you know, is he real? Yeah, he is. He was. Yeah. And uh, I cared a great deal. He was. He had a, a wonderful, yeah. wonderful life of yeah. of community con- contribution. Yeah. And then Mary Mahoney. Well, Mary was my very best friend for a long time. I started out 
in Biloxi at the Sun Herald, uh, or the Herald uh, office, which is then in a building that is now part of Mary Mahoney's. Yes. But uh, so she was one of the first people, and she sort of took me under her wing, and she helped me uh, connect with the community. And but one of the things about her is she have, probably has an IQ, and I say this I think uh, reasonably, and that is an IQ of 150 or more. Mm-hmm. She was brilliant. Yes. And that's why she succeeded yes. the way she did. Yes. And she had no help other than help her, up here and her brain. Yeah, my conversation with Bobby Mahoney was just fascinating. You know, her her ability to touch people, her interest in each individual, you know, that was her that was what she brought to the table. I bet it's hard for you to watch, you know, as as newspapers and really traditional media struggles across the United States as the digital you know, tsunami has taken over. Um you know, what are your thoughts about what's happening these days? I think it's terrible. I think we, we have a problem that is uh, far more serious than, than most people uh, understand it, it is. Uh, I think that uh, I worry about my children, my grandchildren, and who after that, because I think they're going to live in a world that does not trust media. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't trust media, who do you trust? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that an awful lot of the people that I know, that I respect, uh, have uh, feelings that are entirely unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see them, of course, in, in media and mm-hmm. in, uh, uh, online. And uh, I, I just uh, I, I worry about where we're headed. And so, Roland, one of the things that uh, you and I had the opportunity to do is, is, is represent the Knight Foundation because they were located here and the publisher of the newspaper was involved. And Jack Knight, who, you know, we don't have time to go through his whole history. We had a, a conversation with Alberto Ibargoin about this. But at the local level, one of the things that's uh, most concerning is that as the, as the business model for newspapers and other organizations changes radically, the opportunity to, to have unbiased, trained reporters out there gathering news and information so that when people read it, they can decide what they want to decide. What's happening in the social media world, they can read anything. People, Most people get their information that way now. <clears throat> most of it's not validated. Most of it is biased. A lot of it's not true. So we've, we're, we're losing that. And I hope that the Knight Foundation, with help from others, uh, the work that the Sun Herald's owners are doing and, and, and other organizations are doing, hopefully we can begin to find the answer to how do we gather unbiased, objective, important local news so that democracy locally can stay viable. That's, you know, to me, that's where it plays out, and that's, that's where it's most concerning. It's got it's to really bug you to see that happening. Well, the, the interesting and very mm-hmm. frustrating uh, point of view that I have is that uh, there are organizations that you can trust. They're the ones that are being absolutely, uh, uh, the the folks consider them to be the worst. On the other hand, there are others that, uh, and the reason for this, others that people like that are just saying whatever you want to hear. Mm -hmm. And the reason for this is people, I think, always wanted to believe what they want to believe. Right, right. They do not want to believe. When When the Sun Herald, uh, and I got here, it, it was 80% news, 20% comics and other things. And we unfortunately had to move a little bit to keep people satisfied with the newspaper. And so we went to about 60, 40. And mm-hmm. at that point, uh, we stopped and we continued to give them 60% good, solid news. And today, it's, I don't know what it is, but, yeah. but it's what it takes to stay in business. It was so important, and fortunately we're out of time, but it was so unfortunate that, that we couldn't keep, uh, as a general rule, uh, commentary and editorial separate from the news subject in America today, even on social media. We'll see where all this takes us. Uh, I, I intend to try to do everything I can to help this conversation along, but Roland... Thank you so much for you, spending this time with me this morning. I wish we had five hours. You have well, so much to share, so many stories to tell. I, I think what you said at the beginning, that this is an opportunity, and I think it's a wonderful opportunity that you're taking advantage of giving people the kind of uh, encouragement and yeah. information that they need to live in, in, in a decent world and participate. Well, thank you, Roland. Thank you. Uh, tomorrow we have Joe Spragans. Have a great day. <laughs> Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.